Hi there, your buddy Humble here with an hour of old-fashioned music just for you. Thank you for listening. I suppose you read about that man who suffered the first reported injury from using fireworks in Maine. I guess that was back last July or so. We read that this man tried using a blowtorch to dry off a firework that had gotten wet. This guy got 16 stitches in his face after it blew up. Unfortunately, he was still able to vote. Hi there, this is Clark Terry here, reminding you to pull your bearskins a little closer to the fire. That's it. <laughs> now you're talking to me. Ah, watch out for those snapping sparks. Everybody cozy? Now the good news is that you're in time for the humble farmer. You've worked hard all day, and you deserve to relax now. So stay right there and listen to the best of this kind of music.
like that. I like that. On the end. You hear a lot about togetherness. You know, families should do things together. One day, one of my wife's kids drove from Maine to Vermont with dog, kid, and husband. Can you think of anything that will bond a little family quicker than riding 200 miles on icy roads in a Volvo with a large, wet dog? <laughs> At my age, such out-ins, although they sound delicious, well, they're beyond, they're a bit beyond me. In other seasons, one might bundle up the little family, sit for hours on a hard bench in 30-degree temperatures, and pass a hot thermos from lip to lip while watching a football game through lightly fallen sleet and snow. Not my thing. Then there are the eagerly awaited four days in Orlando where one finds unidentifiable items behind the bed, the smell of chemicals in the corridor, questionable bedding, and a shower that doesn't work. Been there, done that. So what can an old man with a glint in his eye and his beautiful, adventurous young trophy wife do to continue this this uh, essential, never-ending bonding process? It might surprise you to hear that every morning, the first thing my wife and I do when we wake up is take our pills together.
Terry, of course, who lives in downtown Bath. You can hear him playing around Maine from time to time. Brad has an awful lot of courage. He, he dares to go into New York City to play with people like the late Red Mitchell and Roger Kellaway. As you know, the piano player Roger Kellaway wrote the Archie Bunker theme song. What was it? Remembering You? Do-do-do-do. Thank you for listening to The Humble Farmer. You know, with any luck at all, you can hear me playing old-fashioned music just for you every week at this time right here on your favorite radio station. I am the Humble Farmer at gmail.com. Love to hear from you. And the other day, my buddy, the Booger Boy, pointed out quite graphically, well, I'll tell you what he did. He measured 81 feet, that's my age, down the driveway from his garage and then he put two Clorox or two some kind of big plastic bottles three feet apart at the end, you know, to indicate the years I probably had left. So he got it, 81 feet measured down from the garage, one bottle, three more feet, my years left, another bottle. And the boy pointed out that I didn't have much time left. Because there's no question about that when you consider 81 years have gone by. He wanted to know what I wanted to do with the remaining time. Now, of course, I didn't have no time to think about it, so I just shot back that I'm looking forward to paying off the mortgage on my home this fall. But after thinking about it for another day, I, I realized that there is one more exciting thing that I do want to do. You know, just so I can walk around, stick my chest out, and say that I did it, and so my friends can remember that I did it, and so my friends can talk about it long after I'm gone. Before I die, I'd like to be able to pay at least $1,000 in income tax, just so I'd know what it feels like, you know, to be smart enough to earn big money.
Tatum, of course. Did you did you get the feeling that the bass player was in the way there? <laughs> I don't know. When you listen to someone like Tatum or, or Lenny Bro, but anything else with them is, seems to be getting in the way. Louis Chady. Louis Chady is one of my former students from Hampton, Connecticut. Louis Chady sends me a newspaper clip-in from... 1965, and by using the blow-up feature on my picture program, I see in this 1965 newspaper, I think it's from the Hartford Current, a Courant, whatever it is, I, I see that a Robert F. Skoglund is mentioned as the new teacher in Hampton, Connecticut. And it also mentions the 1965 power outage. Is it possible that I remember sitting in the dooryard in Connecticut in my 1964 VW running the engine to get warm? Do you happen to remember when the power in New England shut down in 1965? What a thing it was to go without power there for quite a while. Well, the good news, if you're ready for the good news, the good news is that should the Russians hack into our power grid and shut it down, there are more than a few people in Washington who will be told about it in time to stock up on bottled water.
McKinney's McKinney's cotton pickers. Did that was that a tuba on the bottom? What a great bottom a tuba puts on it. <clears throat> Thank you for listening to the humble farmer. Did I mention that uh, I'm grateful and that I'm right here every week at this time playing old fashioned music just for you right here on your favorite station. With any luck at all, I have to add that. You never know. You always have to throw that in. With any luck at all, I'll be here. I'm the humble farmer at gmail.com. Love to hear from you. And the other night I was telling my wife, Marsha, the almost perfect woman, about the trouble I was having with acronyms that everyone seems to be addicted to nowadays. And it suddenly occurred to me that typing LW is easier than typing out last week, LW, last week, on a cell phone. People communicate with these cell phone things now. They type into them. Now, we are told that years and years ago, people had difficulty understanding the dialect spoken in a village only 20 miles away. Nowadays, people have difficulty understanding emails from anyone 20 years away from their age group.
Stitt and Bud Powell, I guess that was. Sonny Stitt. What happened there? There we go. Let's get that stopped. Get that thing shut down. Probably just put myself out of business what I did there. <laughs> this great equipment I got to work with in the Humble Farmer studio. The other day, my wife Marsha, the almost perfect woman, served our honored guest some pickled beets that came from a store. She got them out of a store bottle, and I, I ate one of these pickled beets, and I told her to throw the rest away. We have 20, 30 quarts of pickled beets on the shelf in the cellar, but we only bring four or five quarts of pickled beets to Florida with us, and when we finish them up in Florida, well, they're all gone till we get home again. Marsha made these pickle beets at home in the cellar using recipes from pickle beet making gurus. And there's nothing better. These old Maine women gurus that gave us the recipe for the pickle beets we make. Why are the pickle beets that come from the store inedible while the ones we make that look exactly the same, why are they exotic delicacies? I'm asking you, do you suppose that the five pounds of granulated sugar that my wife pours into every pot and pan make that much difference?
Mickey Mouse here sticking all over that. Wonderful. Father Hines. I don't know. Might have been Jimmy Noon in there. Thank you for listening to The Humble Farmer. Anyway, throw that in. We, we read that an aristic county man described by a federal prosecutor as one of the most prolific drug smugglers in Maine for nearly four decades was sentenced to eight years in prison on drug and money laundering charges. What do you think about that? I think that anyone who smuggles drugs for 40 years is a fool because you can obviously retire with what you can earn at it in one year. Bud Powell. Was that was that bouncing with Bud? That's one of those famous 
Bouncing with Bud is one of those famous tunes. Of course, nobody could whistle it if you asked them to do it. Oh, it's time to remind you, with any luck at all, you can hear me, the humble farmer, playing old-fashioned music just for you every week at this time right here on your favorite station. Thank you for listening. I'm going to sit up straight and speak from the diaphragm. If I ever get around to it, we are going to discuss the eating habits of old main men, because that's what we're going to do right now. When I was a boy, when I was a boy, one heard from doting mothers that fat girls with pimples could be very nice. Now, I'm sure that girls heard from their doting mothers the same thing about fat boys with pimples. But irregardless, I said irregardless, and I'm glad, but irregardless of the content, it is the packaging that sells to the uninitiated. My friend Dave in Washington, Maine, will tell you, he's an expert on mushrooms, Dave in Washington will tell you that eating some of the nicest-looking mushrooms in the world might kill you. And we all know some knock-down, dead, good-looking people who are bipolar, and because they will not eat their medicine, anyone around them gets a taste of living hell. So a mature man, woman, eventually learns, hopefully by the disastrous experiences of his or her friends, that mother was right, and the decorative properties of most everything are too often superficial. Yes, I have a point. When I sit down at any table, I have great expectations of ingesting something palatable. My wife, Masha, the never disappoints me. She's the greatest cook in the world. Each culinary delight she places before me, be it B&M baked beans, spaghetti with meatless ragu spaghetti sauce right out of the bottle, or a chicken that was roasted at Hannaford's, no matter what she puts in front of me on the table, it's always better than the very same thing that she gave me yesterday. My wife is one of those excellent cooks. If you've had it, you know this. She's one of those excellent cooks who cooks to please and does not need to stick an apple in the roasted pig's mouth to flaunt her culinary prowess. I'm about to eat one of my favorite dishes, which I have just warmed up in the microwave. And this dish is stuffing with broccoli and chicken. And because I can never remember the name of it, whenever my wife asks what I want for supper that night, I often say, Oh, just give me that stuff that looks like regurgitated dog food.
let's go to the hop. Let's go to the hop. Let's go to the hop from 1928. So, 2880 Lang. You know, listen to this. You don't. You know this. You don't have to read the newspapers very long before you learn that there are many good reasons why the rich should not pay taxes on anything. Guess who owns the newspapers? Bud Powell, 
Almost time to get out of here. Thank you for listening to The Humble Farmer. Never keep a pet that you can't eat. Remember that one? You've heard me say it over and over. Never keep a pet you can't eat. I was speaking with a man from Korea who told me that he had two pet cats. And I I kind of sniffed a little bit and said, I never keep a pet I can't eat. And the man from Korea said, My, you are provincial. Thank you for listening. Baseball has probably killed and disabled more Americans than any other sport in history. Oh, you're right as usual. It's not playing baseball that has killed and disabled millions of Americans, but watching it from the couch with a can of beer in each hand. 